In the first reading for Thanksgiving, we are told that man does not live on bread alone and to remember God's fatherly care. The first reading is from Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter. The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do, that you may live and multiply and go in possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what is in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, and your foot did not swell these forty years. Know then in your heart, as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains and springs, flowing out in the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills you can dig copper. And you shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied then your heart be lifted up and you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water, who brought you water out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you to do you good in the end. Beware lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand has gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God For it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. This is the word of the Lord. The Psalm for Thanksgiving Eve is Psalm 67. May God be gracious to us and bless us, and make his face shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Oh, I have it written. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. 
Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all peoples praise you. Earth has yielded its increase. God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. Glory be to God and the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. In the second reading, Paul tells the Philippians not to be anxious about anything, that God will supply our every need. Paul assures them that he has learned the secret to being content in every situation and that he can do all things through Christ who gives him strength. The second reading is from Philippians, the fourth chapter. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worth of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you have sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 17th chapter. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, he was met by ten leopards who stood at a distance. They lifted their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go! Show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. He was praising God with a loud voice. He fell on his face at Jesus' feet. He was giving him thanks. 
Now he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus answered, were, were not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? He said to him, Rise, go on your way. Your faith has made you well. The Gospel of our Lord. But between now and then, anything that that touched, if there was a sore, I mean, if you had a pimple, if you had a cut, if you had anything else going on, if you touched it, now all of a sudden you have that going on. They would show pictures of lepers that had, you know, sides of their, their ears coming off, parts of their face coming off, eyeballs infected. It was, it was a deforming, rotting disease. Literally, your flesh is dying and it keeps dying. And then infections set in so you can have horrible fevers. And then gangrene can take over and you can have parts of your body just dying and it will infect you and you get set. I mean, it is a disease that slowly consumes you. And it's very painful, very painful. It smells. It smells bad. It just looks bad. Every way can disfigure you and, and hurt you, it does. Leprosy. Um, that was one part. The second part had to do with what it did with your, with your life. So one part of the disease is very personal. The pain, the feelings, the, the smells, and that sort of stuff. The other part is, in those times, when the biblical times, if you had that sore and it was called out, they would have you go to the priest. And when you would get to the priest, the priest would inspect it. He's seen it before. If he was suspicious, he would call it out. And he would yell at the top of his voice for everybody within the community to hear three times. Biblical thing. Peter's denial of Jesus three times. His forgiveness three times here. Always three. Unclean. Yelling. Unclean and unclean. And the leper at that point didn't go home. He didn't go by and get a backpack and some supplies at the, the outfitters. He just walked to the edge of the town and he was pushed to the farthest. He was, he, was, he was never to be seen. He was never to be heard. He was gone. No more family. No more friends. No more community. He was in isolation. Or she, in isolation with a rotting, decaying disease until they finally died. The most they could do is that they lived out in the hills is they'd have a generally they might make a pile of rocks similar like a small altar and the family out of love could as often as they were able um, put bread or water or something on top of the rock and then they would leave. And when no one was around, that's the time the leper could come and get the items and then go back off to the cave until they were dying if they had the strength to get there because eventually the fever would get so bad and the decay would be so bad that they couldn't move. So I don't know what was worse. Death by the rotting flesh infecting gangrenous disease or death by a broken heart. They're both torturous. And it'd be up to you to decide which would be worse. To be separated by your loved ones for the rest of your life knowing that they're just there but you can't. Mm. So 10 go to Jesus. They're breaking some codes because they're not supposed to get that close. They're violating the codes. But somehow or another, they've heard about Jesus, a healer, and he's indiscriminately healing. We've been talking about that this last year in Mark. He's going from town to town. He's healing people everywhere he goes. So they're breaking the codes, and they're, they're within eyesight of this healer. 
Now, no, no Jew that wants to stay clean, they'd be running in there. One, they'd be throwing stones at him, actually, making them go away. But they get his attention. They're yelling out, Master. They don't even know his name. Master, save us from a distance. Jesus tells them, go show yourself to the priest. The same one who declared that they were unclean would be the one that would have to examine them to see if they were clean. Go show yourself to the priest. And then they'd after he'd make an offering, the family would make a, a Thanksgiving offering for the healing to God and they would do that. A whole ritual of bringing them back into society. But they would go home, they would go to the priest, and as they went, as these ten went, they were made clean. They were cleansed. I mean, the idea of being washed and cleansed of the disease coming off, all these analogies with leprosy can actually go right over to sinful lives. We don't have time for that tonight, but when you do your Bible studies, leprosy and the disease of sin and the separations and the decays of life and our behaviors and all that, they're very intimately linked. But go show yourself to the priests. Now, it's curious that there were Jews and Samaritans. Normally, they didn't have anything to do with each other. But a disease, there might have even been Gentiles. Who knows? When they're all dying of the same disease and they're kind of huddling up just for mutual support, maybe one can't see and the other one has hands. Maybe one can't walk. And so one walks, the other one uses hands. And together they're just trying to eke out the last moments of life. That disease has brought everybody together. They're not highlighting that one's black and one's Chinese and one's from Northern Europe and one's from Mexico. They're not even noticing any of that stuff. They got a disease and they're surviving. They got a disease and they've approached a master. And now they've got this disease. They've been told to go home. And as they glow, go, uh, um, <coughs> they are cleansed. Um, and there they would hear three times, clean, clean, clean. But now, as they go, the nine that are obedient, they're going straight home, as they're told. And as they go, they're healed. They're healed. They, they can't get past the joy of being healed. And they can't get past the joy of running to the priest and being... Imagine if you're a, a wife embracing your children again if you've not seen them for over years and you thought you were going... You, as a death sentence, you would never see them again. Or a father being able to embrace your wife and your children or grandparents embracing them all in the same time. They were going home at last. They've been set free for this. And that is exactly what they're doing to resume their life with their loved ones, to make their offering, to resume life as normal. There's something about resuming life in this world as normal that's not quite complete. One, so nine were cleansed. When we're reading the Bible, they were cleansed, but they were not well. They were cleansed. But they were missing the words said to the one who was also cleansed. And Jesus said, not only are you cleansed, your faith has made you well. The nine were cleansed, but not well. They went home and resumed the same life they always had, which wasn't well. They were missing something. The one who was cleansed, well, it's implying something. If the one who is cleansed is made well, what's going on with that? So if you're looking at that, there's one word that stands out as you read that, the, the verse, and it words, your, you say, your what has made you well. What was, it, what was that word? Your faith has made you well. And that's where I kind of got this eye of this, this Pictionary kind of thing. What, what do you mean by faith? How do you draw that out? If Jesus was to say your faith made you well, what does that look like? 
What does the Bible look like when you draw it out? What does Moses look like? Or what does gratitude look like? You can draw that out. What does faith look like? Well, Jesus gave it. He gave it in these lepers. It's a translation by their life. It's a translation by what, they're, what He is doing, this one person who comes back. Faith looks like gratitude. Faith looks like gratitude. In your heart, where else would you be on a Wednesday night when you have a chance to tell God thank you? Where else would you be on a Sunday morning when you have a chance to hear God's Word and tell Him thank you? You people find yourselves in churches and you're giving God thanks. Faith has a reflection and gratitude is part of it. It's expressed. It's visible. Your presence. The presence of the leper giving thanks. It's a visible thing. It's not imaginary. He doesn't have to imagine if the nine are grateful. No, their bodies being, his body being right there at his feet is an expression of what, what faith looks like in gratitude. It's visible. It's audio. You hear it. This guy was not silent. He was yelling out praise. You could not contain his gratitude. His faith. He was screaming it out for the world to hear. Well, you did this. And he falls at his feet. Lepers can't fall at your feet because they got leprosy. He hasn't been declared clean yet. He doesn't care. This is the one who did it. And he falls at his feet. Faith looks like something. You hear it. You see it. You feel it. It's kind of a way of life. And another thing, the lake didn't, and he praised him. So there was gratitude. But another thing about faith was praise. And praise is deeply related and intimately connected to gratitude. Praise is actually something that displays gratitude. If you have gratitude in your mind, in your heart, in your life, it's reflected in how you praise. And so here, he praised Jesus. He's expressing his gratitude. He's recognizing his gift. His body's clean. The flesh that was rotting, the pain in his body, his flesh is like, like it was new. If he's a 50-year-old, it might be like when he's a teenager. If he's a 90-year-old, like it was a 40-year-old. Whatever, his flesh is young and new and he's healed up and he's recognizing it. He's also recognizing the power of the one who did it. So faith and gratitude recognizes not only your gift, but the power of the one who gave it. And it's about your, and it's no merit. The leper did nothing. He deserved nothing. The Samaritan doesn't even know this Jewish Messiah. So faith has a reflection. Being cleansed, one level of healing, that's nice. Get to go home, hug your family, give them kisses, share food together, grow old, go back to the dirt, resume your normal life, your worldly life. Being cleansed and being faithful That's a whole nother level. It's just not healed now. It's gratitude that you can't control. And that gratitude is life now, but for eternity. Tonight on Sundays, again, you're here. Bring your friends, bring your family, teach them gratitude. Pray that God would heal them 
heal us, continue to heal us. Because there's probably temptations in every one of us not to be here tonight. I'm sure there was something else we could have been doing tonight. I know the Razorbacks are playing some basketball tonight, right? Yep, yep. I got one of my sons over there. So I know there's other stuff. So it's not like we're not tempted. We have the same motives, but we're still here. So on our side, confess it, repent as a nation, and come and to bring the others with us and, and praise God and give thanks to God. Jesus was teaching us about this today. He's teaching about faith. And faith has a reflection that can be drawn out. And one of the primary reflections of faith will be gratitude. God help us be grateful. Amen. We'll confess our faith. We'll declare our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day He rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We are people loved by God. Let us come before Almighty God to thank Him for the countless blessings given to us. We give thanks for the good gifts of this country, our community, our neighbors, families, and all things that fill life with joy and meaning. O Lord our God, blessed are you forever. We give thanks for food and drink, for family and friends that you grant us in our earthly gatherings. We are grateful for the opportunity to share your good gifts with those less fortunate for every act of kindness and compassion, for every listening ear and caring heart. O Lord our God, blessed are you forever. We give thanks for those who tenderly care for the weak and vulnerable among us, for those who work in hospitals, nursing homes, child care centers, and all who keep watch that others may sleep in peace. O Lord our God, blessed are you forever. We give thanks for the grace of our baptism and the gift of a fresh start to each day in your forgiving love. O Lord our God, blessed are you forever. Almighty God, you alone are worthy of our praise. Hear the thanks in our hearts for whatever our lips have failed to speak. We ask you to guide our feet and hands into paths of joyful service to you and those around us. To the glory of your holy name, through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.